Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Kimberly Osgood, your host for Smart Money Moves, and our topic today is changes in the mortgage industry. And our leading man today is Mr. John Burroughs with Finance of America. Good afternoon, Mr. Burroughs. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. And how about yourself? I'm doing wonderful, doing wonderful. been looking forward to this interview with you. Now, as I mentioned, our topic is dealing with the mortgage industry. But first off, tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. Give us your career history, how you got started in the mortgage industry, and so on. Wow. Well, there's a <laughs> mouthful right there. As I was just mentioning right before we went on air here today that I've been working for – I am 68 years old and proud of it. But I've been working for the last 55 years. I started my first real honest-to-goodness job job when I was 13 years old. So I, I think I've got that, um, that work ethic that was instilled by my parents, mom and dad both. And I've always been um, – I don't think I've been out of work or lack of something professionally to do or work-wise more than about one or two days in my entire life. Wow. You know, I know people get regular jobs and such and layoffs happen and things of that nature, but I've always been able to, if not working for myself, be able to jump in there and find employment doing something that was either new or entertaining. So I'm going to rip off a whole line of things that I've done because if you looked at, lined up all my jobs, um, you, you'd wonder, and you'd say, my goodness, does this guy never master anything? <laughs> but... I will say that my shortest job ever was one night on a 10-hour shift, one of the worst jobs in the world, and uh, that was when I was pretty young and in college. But uh, I have been a retail individual working for large companies like the old, you know, um, the old targets of the world, people at the Fed Marts of the world, things of mm-hmm. that nature. I've had my own gardening business, my own landscaping business. I've worked in the housing industry and construction, quite literally, building housing houses, restaurants, homes, condos from the ground up, uh, doing major remodels. I, I really enjoyed that. I've worked for a major um, highway company in Northern California, uh, for about a year and a half when I was in college, learning how to build roads, quite literally building roads out of raw forest land. Mm. That was probably one of the most interesting jobs of my life in that it was really hard work and learning how the process works from taking down trees to building a road and building a subdivision. So interesting things like that. I, After college or during college, immediately thereafter, I got a job. Um, through the influence of some friends, working for Harris Hotels and Casinos in South Lake Tahoe in Nevada. 
where I was a 21 dealer, a craps dealer, uh, <laughs> and eventually got up to the point where I became a pit boss or a boxman, one of those guys in suits you see sitting on the craps table, staring at everybody and taking care of business. And it was from that relationship uh, going from, oh, and while in Lake Tahoe, I also worked for and was a partner in a commercial hot air balloon company <laughs> where we flew passengers over the Carson Valley. So we had a hot air balloon company. We're building at the time, working in the casino. And it was uh, in Lake Tahoe that I met the owner of the mortgage corporation I started with in on June 25th, 1983. So I've been in the mortgage industry for now just a little over 39 years. So there's kind of my background. Um, at least this job, I stuck with it for 39 years and still enjoy it to this day. So there's an overview, kind of a little okay. jack of all trades. Right, right. Okay, great, great. Now, um, we're talking about the mortgage industry, and obviously there have been some dramatic changes in the industry. Can you tell us about those changes? Yeah, indeed I can. Uh, We're in a place right now, I mean, quite literally today, this last six months, seven months in the mortgage and uh, banking industry that I have never witnessed, I don't think any of us have, ever in um, recent memory. So I myself, going back 40 years, uh, and to have nothing have come down like we're experiencing right now over that entire time frame, is kind of remarkable in and of itself because, as we all know, the markets are cyclical. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. When I started out in the business, uh, and when I started out, I didn't know that 14% was a bad thing on an interest rate on a home. Right. I was such a rookie. But then the market <laughs> shifted and changed, and you know, rates go up and go down. You go through cycles, appreciation and depreciation, even a few bubbles that we hit along the way. But right now... And so much of this is pandemic-driven, like many industries in America. But during the whole pandemic, for the last two-plus years, the market actually was thriving and flourishing mm-hmm. while everybody else was hurting. Right. This yeah. industry was going gangbusters, going crazy. Right. And then all of a sudden, we knew what was coming down the road, and the old I word popped up, meaning inflation, and mm-hmm. the market took a, 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 a really hard hit right across the jaw, you know, like a, a swift uppercut to the whole industry. And I was just reading some stats minutes ago about how where employment is up at record numbers based on just today's uh, record employment releases, the the mortgage industry is the exact opposite and for everybody that's in the position of a salary job in our industry there's only one job for every hundred people out there looking for it so that has been a major major blow to the industry wow 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 definitely so one job for every 100 people that are looking mm-hmm that's about right and oh. these are people that are used to being you know, gainfully employed, strongly employed with a lot of demand for quality people, you know, you're looking at uh, 10, 15, 20-year careers, 30-year careers uh, going by the wayside where folks are having to reinvent themselves. Mm -hmm. Luckily, in my position, I am in the sales end of it. So obviously any business doesn't really 
thrive without its salespersons in place. And right. I am lucky enough, knock on wood, that as a non-salary physician, we're still in high demand. So it's the other part of our teams that have uh, really taken the hit. So um, that's just one of the changes that I see. Right. Now, I know since you and I last interviewed, I guess a couple of years ago or so, or a little over two years ago, you know, I've been licensed. I've had a real estate license for like ages, and about two years ago, I reactivated my license. So I've been a realtor for about the last two years, and so it was amazing how right in the middle of COVID, you know, as you mentioned, the market was going like gangbusters. You know, people were buying, but then the interest rates were like three, three and a half, two and a half percent, and I had, mm-hmm. you know, I worked with buyers, and you know, you'd put in an offer, and they're in, we're in competition with 5, 10, 15, 20 other people. And a lot of times people were overbidding, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, even $30,000 over the price. And it was, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was unbelievable, you know. And as a result, it was a seller's market. So, you know, the seller could kind of call his own price if he or she wanted to. But people were still out there looking for property, and, you know, um, during, the, during, the, um, uh, during the, the heart of COVID. And, um, and like you mentioned, there was that drastic change that took place a while ago. And so I've noticed a change. Things are beginning to slow down a bit with the increase in the interest rates. What's the, what, as of today, what is the interest rate right now? Well, interest rates, and of course, you have to uh, define this very, very carefully in that it depends on the program and the type of uh, market you're in. So mm-hmm. right now, you're at... Um, you know, you're looking at vanilla flavor, 30-year fixed rate loans, but is it a purchase? Is it a refinance? Right. Is it a refinance pulling money out of the property, investment property, owner-occupied, and on and on and on, different programs. But we're, we're clearly in the high sixes, mid to high mm-hmm. sixes right now. I do have investment properties now out there where you've got non-owner occupied or landlord purchases or refinances that are in excess of 7%. So interest rates have more than doubled Mm -hmm. in just the last six months. Now, all that being said, uh, the market has shifted. There's no doubt, but that's due to inventory once again. We are still seeing a healthy market. And mm-hmm. things that are listing are getting sold, but I've also seen the first small, not big, this is not a bubble, don't get me wrong here at all, but I've still seen my first wave of price reductions. Right, you know, I have too. They're, yeah, they're not out there fishing for the, you know, listing a property at the high end and everybody's overbidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's personally, I am in a position where my family is selling a piece of real estate uh, currently, we have not put it on the market yet. That'll happen in the next few weeks. But being in the business, it'll be interesting to see firsthand, you know, how this market has adjusted and what we expect to see in the way of buyers. So uh, it's it's very, very different world to be in, other than anything I've experienced in time. And yet, there are still pent up energy with a lot of people looking to purchase. So I still encourage people, if you're a seller or a buyer, do not give up. This is not the time to throw in the hat. As a matter of fact, these adjustments might be more healthy than we perceive at first. Right. Well, uh, right now we're going to take a quick moment and recognize one of our sponsors. Women Lead Radio is brought to, you by, brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. 
Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and partners. Well, um, so back to you, John. I know we were talking about the market, and, and I do agree with you. This is there's, you should still be able to buy and sell. I know sometimes I've run across people who seem to be a little leery, but the way I look at it, you know, the market is cyclical, just like you said, and you always have people that will want to buy. You always have people that will want to sell their property. And one thing I've noticed, I'm sure you may have too, you have a lot of people actually that are leaving California and going other places, and a lot of those individuals do need to sell their home, um, and there do need to be buyers for those properties. Um, but have you run across a lot of that where people um, – coming, you know, leaving the state and wanting to... Yeah, yes, I have. And, and because I've been in the business as long as I have, a lot of my clientele are repeat customers, which, mm-hmm. you know, is, is normal for somebody who's been in the industry as long as I have. There, as a matter of fact, I'm working with clients right now. Uh, quite literally, when I met them so many years ago, um, they had... Uh, a, a one-year-old, or excuse me, a two-year-old, and they had a brand-new baby uh, when I first met them. Well, they are now <laughs> grandparents to five grandchildren, and they're buying their last forever home. I think I've gone through about six or seven properties with these folks uh, since the kids were literally little ones. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so there's certainly, <clears throat> there's still a market out there for that. But um, Right. I still see people, um, you know, moving out of state. They're either getting close to retirement because of the mm-hmm. age bracket. A lot of my clients are. They're either retiring, close to retiring, and they're taking a different look at how things are working. And just because of the cost of living here in Southern California, I being in San Diego County, a lot of them are saying, hey, you know something, I maybe I want to be, my kids are in Texas or in, you know, the East Coast or here or there. A lot of them are saying I want to be closer to family or I want to go somewhere where my dollar goes farther. I can't tell you the number of people, even family members of mine, where they sold their homes in California, went and paid cash in another state, and banked the rest of $300,000 left over that Mm -hmm. they made when they sold the house. So uh, I see quite a bit of a trend of that, people just going to where it's more more affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's a lot of good hot spots all over the United States that are great places to live and still you can get a, a respectable deal or a decent deal compared to California prices. So, yeah, and definitely that is a trend of people that are in that close to or retiring age bracket. Right. Now, can you explain the difference between need-driven versus want-driven in real estate? Oh, that's a great question. Um is I deal with one of the unique niches that I have in my industry, and this I just fell into. It wasn't because I'm brilliant or anything (laughs) by any means. But about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I stumbled into a situation uh, by virtue of my own good close friend and my estate planning attorney. So, you know, estate planning attorneys are dealing with trusts and wills and things of that nature. And I got a referral 
uh, from my attorney and said, we have a situation where uh, mom and dad have passed away and there's a couple of siblings, and one of them wants to retain the property, the family home. Now, there's laws in California that have to do uh, Proposition 13, and recently this last year, Proposition 19 and passed, that had effect on property taxes. And in the past, you could pretty much anybody who wanted to retain the family home, if you jumped through certain hoops in a particular order that were defined by the county of San Diego, and in fact, all of the counties in the whole state of California, relevant to these propositions, they were able to retain the property tax base. Now, that's a deed. So when we talk about need-driven, somebody comes and inherits a home and they want to buy out their siblings, they can do so with particular process and retain property taxes. I've seen property taxes on homes valued well over a million dollars with property taxes of $600 a year. Hmm. And if that property were to be reassessed, those property taxes could have gone up to 6000 or more a year. So there's a real need driven by expertise and how to go about doing the financing. So that's a need, I think one example of a okay. need-driven type of financing. You know, when, when they're doing something uh, that has to be done in a specific format to adhere to the California laws to be able to um, – get the financing they need and get the end result that affects them financially for the positive for as long as they own that property and potentially even to their own children years and years down the road. So there's an example of need-driven. Want-driven is exactly what we're seeing right now in our purchase market. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a place to live, right? right. I mean, you need to have a, a roof over your head. And, you know, if you're paying rent somewhere, rents are no bargain these days, that's for sure. That's another phenomenon going on nationwide. Rents are climbing as fast or faster than home prices. Mm-hmm. So the want is I need to have a home or I want to have an investment property that's going to generate income for me, passive income in my retirement years. So that's a pretty good feel like what I want to have happen and what I need to have happen. Uh, And oftentimes um, I use the example of inherited property, but there's other things that go along those same lines. Uh, Death and divorce come into that same category. As much as distasteful as it is or as unfortunate as it is, our divorce rate is at or above 50% nationwide. So Mm -hmm. if there's real estate involved with spouses and one party pretty much has to buy out the other to be able to retain the family home and uh, and release the liability of an existing lien on the other spouse. Whoever is retaining the property, there's another need there. So, you know, death and divorce are those areas of expertise that uh, you have to deal with it. And interest rates are totally irrelevant because mm, okay. either you accomplish what you're trying to do based on your need or the property has to be sold. So you don't have a lot of choice in those circumstances. Does that clarify that? Yeah, it does. (laughs) Now, uh, John, just in case our listeners may want to reach you after our show, how would you like our listeners to contact you? Well, just call my parole officer. He'll probably know I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm joking. I forgot you have a sense of humor. (laughs) Yes, I do. Kind of wicked wicked sense of humor. (laughs) Yes, indeed. No, the best contacts, I'll give you two points of contact. My direct phone number. 
in my uh, North County San Diego office is 760 area code 944-6555. Again, that's 760-944-6555. Or even easier, it's really simple. My email is John B J O H N B at financeofamerica.com. Real simple. Great, great. Now, I know you were talking earlier about the different types of loans that are available, and, you know, you hear a lot about reverse mortgages. Do you think that's a good option for some people, getting a reverse mortgage? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we've done some workshops in the past, and we're just getting ready to gear those up again. Of course, during the COVID, we didn't have any in-person workshops or meetings for obvious reasons, but we're ready to gear that up again. Um, uh, but uh, definitely reverse mortgages are probably the most misunderstood mortgage tool out there in all of the United States. And it got a bad rap years ago because, uh, you know, it wasn't really handled or it wasn't really policed as well as it should have been. Mm-hmm. So that has changed dramatically, and they are not for everybody. But right. reverse mortgages are a way for people to either generate income based on the equity in their home or just get a one-time lump sum, or just wipe out their mortgage and all their debts so that they don't have to make a mortgage payment for the rest of their lives. And let's face it, we're living longer. So a lot of people, unfortunately, are starting to outlive their retirement funds. And many financial planners have recognized what an outstanding tool it is to retain your liquid assets. Because let's face Mm -hmm. it, cash is king, right? Right. So, so there's right. comfort to having money in the bank. And if you're looking at where's that pot of gold that you're dipping into, is it the equity in your home or is it your investment account, retirement account? So many financial planners recognizing the good, the value to a reverse mortgage under certain circumstances, that it's a very viable tool. And it's about as flexible a loan product as there is in that you're not really qualifying other than the fact that based on the equity in your home and your age. Um, typical what is it, 62? 62, but there are other hybrid products that have come on the market now that will allow you to go into a conventional type, non-government insured um, reverse mortgages that will drop the age brackets down substantially. So oh, okay. uh, it's a great tool out there for the right person. We get inquiries about that all the time, and our company, Finance of America, I think is like number two or three nationwide. We oh. are a big company in all 50 states. We're number two or three nationwide in providing reverse mortgages to the consumer out there. I think it's a fantastic tool. And I, too, one of the things in the back of my mind is that as I get a little bit older, as I get closer to actually, you know, throwing in the towel and retiring, I am personally looking to that as a tool to purchase my last or final home that I move into because it's a great tool. Who wouldn't want to buy a house and then not have a mortgage payment for the rest of their lives? Right, because you can use them as a purchase loan also, correct? Absolutely you can, and I think that's another area where people are not aware of how flexible it can be. It is, right, a, it is yeah. a great financial planning tool and retirement uh, supplement. So an individual who's in the early 60s, or you said sometimes the age is lower, maybe let's say late 50s, they want to still want to buy a home, they can use that and, just, and not have a monthly payment. 
That's correct. Wow. A lot of variations on the theme there, too. So, you know, again, that's just one of the products out there, but there's so many different ways to do financing these days. And having come out of being one of those individuals that watched the 2008, 2009, and 10 debacle in the mortgage (laughs) industry and having survived all of that, because indeed I am a survivor in more than one way. Right, and, uh, right. To watch that uh, come about, and I think now we've finally gotten on back on a good footing here to have good creative but rock-solid um, loan products out there for all kinds of situations. Hmm, great. Now, I've heard it said that in this market, you know, even though the rates are up, it's really good a good time for investors. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'm. I'm seeing. Um, I, I think right now, I, I equal interest from the inquiries I get about mortgages. A lot of people are they're looking at the rate of appreciation. Now that may slow down a little bit here, but I'm still looking at people actively going out there and kind of finding um, good investment products. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Is I have a longtime client, another one of those individuals I've known forever. Uh, but they just sold a property, a family uh, piece of real estate, where they cashed out a substantial amount of money in excess of a million dollars. At first they were thinking, oh, I'll just keep the house and make a rental out of it. And they said, you know, you're putting all your eggs in one basket, and yeah, you can rent the property, you know, but on paper, will it really break even? Or Mm -hmm. could you take those same funds and go out there and find you know, one, two, three, or even four units, which will yield uh, more money coming in in the way of rent, net rental mm-hmm. income, and you don't have to be looking at an expensive high-end property. When you're buying investment property, I kind of constantly have to remind folks, you're not buying this to live in it yourself. It's not for right. you. You're looking for something that makes sense on paper. So maybe it's not the area in town, the zip code, you would want to live, but somebody's going to want to rent there or will have to rent there. So take a look at this logically. I have a lot of people that are out still actively looking for that good investment property that's Mm -hmm. going to make sense on paper. Okay. That's great. Great. Yeah, because every now and then I run into people who are looking to invest, uh, you know, um, multiple units or even um, uh, commercial property, you know, and um, I see more and more investors you know, I run into. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, John, um, do you have any news, or what are some ac- some accomplishments that you'd like to share with us? Oh, God. Well, you know, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll put uh, my bragging hat on here for a second. Yeah, please do. <clears throat> Just uh, pardon me. I have um, recently, I think it was released in, oh, I want to say March or April, the San Diego Magazine uh, annually does what they call their five-star awards, which are a professional recognition of people in all different walks, both in real estate, mortgage financing, attorneys, uh, you know, realtors, uh, insurance people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they do what they call their recognition of five-star awards. Well, I am very proud to say that this last year was my 11th year in a row wow. of obtaining a five-star mortgage professional 
exceeding standards for customer service in the mortgage business. So I asked, and I had no idea, well, is this common? And I guess apparently there's only a handful of people that have ever accomplished that, and I'm hoping to look at year 12 this next year. But 11 years, a five-star award professional, and I'm proud of it. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank That's you great. so much. And I believe you'll make it to year 12. I really do. <laughs> well, I hope so. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Right, so. right. Now, I know um, you're a part of, um, with Connected Women of Influence, we have the Sioux Talks. And you, in the past, have been, done a Sioux Talk? Yes, Tell indeed. Us about that. I, I am a past Sioux Talker. It was um, a few years back. And, and by the way, folks, uh, if you do want to look at it, just go ahead and YouTube you know, John Burroughs, Sue Talks, but I was a member now. I kind of lost track of time, maybe, ooh, I don't know, three, over three years now. I'm pretty certain that's uh, in excess of that. So it was about three years ago that I, when I first joined CWI that I was invited to and put my hat in the ring and um, said, yeah, I'd like to do that. Well, at first I got a little pushback because at the time I was there had never been a male Sue Talker. Oh. And so I was the second only male Sioux talker at the uh, San Diego presentation for Connective Women and Influence. That was quite an education for me. I do regular radio broadcasting on a weekly basis with um, my um, one of my attorney friends and financial planners, etc. So I'm used to being on air and talking, and yet standing in front of a group of 300-plus individuals and that having your 12 minutes of fame with no script in front of you is a whole different animal so i was very proud mm-hmm. and, and loved the experience and wouldn't trade it for anything oh great great yeah you've had quite a quite a number of years of accomplishments i'm really proud of you and congratulations for that five-star professional 11 years in a row that's actually fantastic and i know you're going to keep getting them from now on year 12 13 14 and so on as long as you're in the business well thank you for the vote of confidence i very much appreciate it uh is there any last uh few things you'd like to say because we're going to close off in a little bit is there anything you'd like to tell our audience Let's think uh, about that. Well, you know something? This is probably one of the first times at a loss for words, and you know me, and that's such a rarity. But off the top of my head, no, other than just take care of yourself, be be safe, be healthy out there. <laughs> and no, okay, there's, okay. There's always a rainbow with that. That's box. right. Well, I'll tell you, though, uh, we have a few seconds. Give us again um, your contact information if someone does want to get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. The best way is to call me directly on my office line of 760 area code 944-6555. Again, 760-944-6555 or my email address at johnb, J-O-H-N-B, at financeofamerica.com. And thanks for having me. You're welcome. And that's our show for today. And I'd like to say thank you to Mr. John Burroughs for being our leading man today. And a special thanks to all of our listeners, for all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, 
iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We are expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast, so for now we'll be back again for another live Women Lead radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.